it's supposed to be framed in a very positive way. They don't really usually feel bad about approaching family and friends to, to purchase their product or to join the MLM because it's framed as an amazing opportunity. Hey, this is awesome. I'm part of this great thing. I want you to be part of it too. I mean, this is something that's so good. I can't keep it to myself. That would be selfish of me. I need to tell you about this product. So you actually feel good trying to recruit, trying to sell because you feel like I'm doing people a favor. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us on the Financial Pathway Podcast with Nate Skelly, where we discuss important financial questions and give you practical advice to guide you on your financial journey. If you enjoy the podcast, consider subscribing and leaving us a review. You can also follow the Financial Pathway page on Facebook for more helpful financial tips and videos. Hey, well, welcome, everybody. Thanks for joining me on today's episode. We're going to talk about a, a pretty controversial topic today. I think it's probably the most controversial topic that I have tried to tackle since I started this podcast. And I'll be honest with you, there was a part of me that didn't really even want to go into this subject because it's controversial, because people have very strong opinions either way. And of course, that topic is multi-level marketing. But as I thought about it more, I, I thought, you know, it's, it's an important conversation. It's something that I think we can have a measured conversation about from an objective standpoint. And so I hope no matter how you feel about multi-level marketing heading into this episode, that you'll just have a, an open mind, that you'll listen to the entire episode and just consider some of the points that I want to make. So multi-level marketing, sometimes called network marketing, sometimes called direct sales. For short, I'm, I'm just going to use the, the term MLM for multi-level marketing. So throughout the episode, when I'm saying MLM, that's what I'm talking about. It goes by different names. Let me say first and foremost, if you're listening to this episode, maybe you're not a regular listener of the podcast, you saw the title, it intrigued you, and you wanted to listen to it because you are in an MLM or you have been in an MLM before, please understand this is not an episode to criticize you or to make fun of you. That's not what we're about. Um, you know, people have strong feelings for and against MLMs. What's not helpful is attacking somebody personally or acting as if, Somebody who disagrees with you must have really horrible intentions or must be a horrible person. We're all adults. We can talk about this in a, in, a, in a respectful way, and we can disagree, and that's okay. But I just hope uh, no matter what drew you to this episode, I hope you'll just have an open mind and consider some of these things um, that we're going to go through. So this is not an episode about why I'm not a fan of people in MLMs. I know plenty of people that are in MLMs, and you do too. And they're great people. I have nothing against them. This is not an anti-people in MLM episode. What this is, is an explanation of why I'm not a fan of the multi-level marketing structure, the business model that uh, I feel like is, is more hurtful than it is helpful. So we'll get into that. Now, if you're not already aware, if you're listening to this episode and you're like, well, Nate, what even is an MLM? All right. An MLM is a business structure that's comprised almost exclusively of commission-based non-salaried distributors. But that's not really the aspect that makes them so unique. The Really, the, the thing that sets an MLM apart is that their distributors are incentivized to recruit more distributors by getting paid a percentage of any sales made by their recruits and any subsequent people that are recruited by their recruits. So the idea is you go and recruit somebody to be part of the MLM, they make a sale, you get a cut of that. And then if they go and recruit somebody else, then you get a cut of 
that person's sale too and all the way down the line. So the, the process repeats itself and literally the term is a downline. You have a string of people that are working underneath you that have been either directly recruited by you or recruited by some of your recruits or on and on it goes. So if you want to think of it like a totem pole, uh, a new recruit becomes the bottom face on the totem pole. And then if they recruit more people, then those people get, go underneath them and they move and then that person can move higher up the totem pole. And when one person in that totem pole makes a sale, anybody above them gets a cut of that sale. So, so that's kind of a, a helpful visual here. So what kind of companies are we talking about? Well, there's a lot of uh, pretty large, well-known companies that are multi-level marketing businesses, uh, many that you'd be familiar with. So just to name a few, Amway, Arbonne, Mary Kay, Herbalife, Primerica, Young Living, Avon, Plexus, New Skin, Tupperware. There are many others. You're probably thinking of a few more. And there are millions of people that are distributors uh, combined in all of these businesses. And, and some of the more well-known ones uh, do billions, dozens and dozens of billions, if not hundreds collectively, hundreds of billions in sales. So these are some, some very large companies, and they have a lot of people involved with them. And why are so many people involved in MLMs? Well, I would say the vast majority of people who are in an MLM are in it for good reasons. They, they, what drew them to the MLM is, uh, first and foremost, they're, they're trying to provide for themselves and their family. It's a job that, uh, that boasts flexibility. It's easy to get in. It's a side income to help uh, you know, boost your, your, your income to pay off debt or to save up for vacation or, or, or whatever the, the need might be. A lot of people join MLMs because they want to be entrepreneurial. They want to build something. They want to have unlimited earning potential. They want to be rewarded for their hard work. Uh, a lot of people join an MLM because they really believe in the product, whatever it happens to be. They've used it. They've tried it. They, they're a believer. They're a supporter. And so they, they decide, I'm going to go ahead and, and work for that company because I like their product so much. Uh, and then a lot of people just like the idea of having uh, a flexible schedule to work on their own schedule, to be able to work from home. And of course, that's, uh, that's a great benefit as well. So the idea is, uh, the, the point I should say is, most people that are in MLMs are in it for good reasons, for noble reasons, just like you'd be in uh, basically any kind of job. Now, not everybody in an MLM is so altruistic. Uh, there's certainly people that are, are uh, exploitative, that are manipulative, that are dishonest, but you're going to find that in any industry. I'm not saying that's, that's unique only to MLMs. Um, there's good people and there's some not so good people in that industry. So you may have seen the title and you started listening because you expected to disagree with me. And that's okay. I'm, I'm glad you are listening anyway. Um, but again, here's what I would ask as I lay out the reasons for why I'm not a fan of the multi-level marketing business structure um, that you just, just continue to have an open mind and consider what I'm going to say. Maybe you are not in an MLM, but you have friends and family that are in. And maybe you are not directly involved in MLM, but, but you think... It's great, and, and you like to, to help uh, folks out that are involved in MLMs. And maybe your first reaction is, well, um, you know, yes, Nate, I get that some MLMs are bad, but not my MLM. We are different. Well, I hope you'll stick around to the end because I, I do want to say something to that effect. So uh, let's, let's just jump into it. What, what I did is, uh, as I considered the concerns that I have with the MLM industry, I really boiled it down to three main concerns. There's three uh, big issues that I have with multi-level marketing that 
brings me to the conclusion that it, I would not recommend it to somebody. If they were to come to me and say, Nate, should I join an MLM? My answer would be no. I, I think there are better alternatives. Here's my first concern. Uh, as a distributor or a rep, consultant, or whatever the, the terminology that business uses, but as a distributor of an MLM, you are the end consumer. You are the end consumer. Because the way an MLM works is you buy the product from the company at a, a, a wholesale price, a quote-unquote wholesale price, and then it's your responsibility to turn around and then sell that product to your customers at the retail price. And of course, you pocket the difference and uh, profit that way. But as far as the company is concerned, you are the customer. Because once they have sold you the product, it makes no difference to them whether or not you're able to sell it. They have made the sale, they have made their money, and now it's up to you to go ahead and turn around and sell that for a higher price. And not only that, but they will incentivize you to be an even bigger customer. They will encourage you to buy large bulk quantities. And they'll encourage you to do this by either giving you higher status, so they'll have different tiers, different levels that you can attain, and then when you reach those status, there's some perks. Usually the biggest perk is that you're going to get a bigger discount. So you buy more, you get more of a discount. That means when you turn around, you'll, you'll, you'll make more. So if somebody's going to join an MLM, uh, they're usually encouraged, no, no, don't buy $200 worth of product. Don't dip your toe in. You need to jump all in. You need to dive in. You need to cannonball into this thing. Buy $5,000 worth of product. You'll immediately get gold status or, or whatever the equivalent is. You'll get a 10% discount. That means when you sell all of this product, you'll be making even more. You need to go all in. If you want to make this work, you want to be successful, you got to really commit yourself financially. So there's this added pressure to really buy in bulk. And you have to remember, you are the end customer. This is also a big reason why most multi-level marketing uh, companies don't have really any training. Uh, they don't really have any screening, any certification process as to who can be a distributor. You would think normally if somebody's going to represent a company and be a distributor, be a salesperson, there would be some kind of bar that would be set as far as you need to have some experience, you need to have some knowledge, you need to have some formal training, but that's usually not the case. Um, and really the reason for that is because the distributors are the customers, because they are the ones who are directly buying the product from the company, why would you want to set up hurdles to being a, uh, to being a customer? Why would you want to make it harder for people to, to buy your products? As long as they're willing and able to pay for your products, then the more the merrier from the view of the MLM. But unfortunately, this really sets up a lot of recruits for failure because they're jumping into something, they're excited about it, they see an opportunity, but they really don't have any training. They don't have any 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 formal um, uh, uh, training or process to get them where they need to be if they don't have a background or knowledge in this area of sales. And so any training that they do receive is probably just going to be from the person who recruited them in the first place. And maybe that's good and maybe that's inadequate. And I would say probably most times it's inadequate. And then remember, once you've bought the product, you become a distributor, you've signed the agreement form, you're in, congratulations, you're now a distributor, you buy your starter kit, you buy your you know, first thousand, two thousand, five thousand dollars worth of product. Remember, it doesn't make a difference to the MLM whether it takes you a week to sell it or a year or if it just sits in your closet and never gets sold, they've already made their money. 
So, and MLMs are very guarded about their financial records and their yearly payouts. It's, it's been very hard over the years to really get a lot of transparency and accurate numbers from most of these companies, which really begs the question, why? Uh, most public companies, most companies that you'd be uh, familiar with, um, you know, you, you can access uh, most of their, their, their information pretty freely, especially if they're a publicly traded company. But with the multi-level marketing company, uh, it's really hard to, to get um, good data. And so it begs the question, why is that? And the answer is really not that hard to surmise because the records show that most of the commissions go to a very small number of distributors at the top of these downlines. And from the data that has been able to be collected, the studies that have been done, most MLMs don't really have that information available. But from the small segment, that we can. Uh, it's been very clear in every single case where uh, people have been able to get usable data, what they find is the vast, vast majority of the money goes to a very, very small number of people in these organizations that are at the top of these downlines. And so, of course, it, that's not really a, a very um, attractive thing to, to, to broadcast for people. So therefore, you don't want to necessarily put that out in front like, hey, if you join our company, there's a good chance you won't get very much money unless you're way, way high up. Um, but here's another thing to consider as far as just on the idea that you're the end customer in an MLM. Your upline, the people that recruited you and the people that recruited them uh, all the way up, they're going to encourage you when you join to buy more so you can get better discounts, so you can get a higher status, so you can qualify for a special trip, on and on, whatever the, the, the bonuses or incentives are. But remember, when you make that purchase, again, it doesn't matter what happens to the product after that. Not only has the MLM made their money, but your upline has already made their money too. They get their cut when you buy in bulk. And so this, this incentive structure is really what leads me to my second problem. And that is how you are incentivized within a multi-level marketing business. And honestly, whether we're talking business, whether we're talking government, uh, any aspect of life you want to look at, whenever there's a faulty incentive structure, there's going to be problems. There's going to be abuse. There's going to be manipulation, exploitation. And, uh, and I think we can see that within the MLM uh, incentive structure. So number two, my, my second big concern here is that the only way to be financially successful in an MLM is to recruit. The only way to be financially successful, and what I mean by that is if you want to make a few hundred dollars, maybe a thousand dollars a month, maybe you can do that by selling products. Maybe you can do that by just directly selling whatever it is your MLM does. But if you're really going to replace your income, if you're going to make a significant amount of money, like dream income that MLM recruits are often sold on like, hey, look at this person, look at the car they drive, look at the house they live in. They did it all through this MLM. Okay, if you want to make that kind of money, you're going to quickly realize the only way to do that is not to sell the product. Instead, you've got to recruit people to work under you and you've got to be really good at recruiting, get a lot, a lot of people working under you. That's the only way, that's the only road to success in an MLM. And that's why the recruiting for MLMs is very misleading because when you're encouraged often, usually, to join an MLM, it's all about empowerment. Man, you're going to take control of your life, take control of your schedule, be there for your family. You're going to have unlimited earning potential. Sky's the limit. You can do so well. Look at this person. I just talked to this person. Here's how much they made last month. And they made this much in commissions last year. And they got on this trip. And 
and you'll be running your own business. When in reality, the path to success in an MLM is not really the is not the same as what a, a typical small business owner's life would look like. You're not really spending your day then selling products and running your business. You're spending your day recruiting and keeping people on board and getting your recruits to recruit even more. Now, this is a, a big reason why MLMs are often called pyramid schemes. And I know that really gets people on edge because a lot of times critics of MLMs will just say pyramid scheme and, and just kind of use that to, to be dismissive and say, it's a pyramid scheme, it's a scam. And I know where they're coming from, but often that doesn't really help and it doesn't convince anybody because people in MLMs are like, no, we're not a pyramid scheme because a pyramid scheme is A, B, and C. Look at this technical definition. The, the dictionary definition of a pyramid scheme is this, and we're not that. And really, I, I think both sides are missing each other. They're talking over each other. They're saying one thing and hearing another. Uh, here's the point, okay? Is, is an MLM technically a pyramid scheme? Maybe not. Not, maybe not technically by definition, but when people say it's a pyramid scheme, what they mean is it's a structure in which only people at the very top are actually going to do successful. And all the people down the line, you know, down the tiers are, are, are really going to struggle and, and not benefit at all. And, and this is true. I mean, this is undeniable. This is, if, if you're going to look at it objectively, uh, you can't have any other conclusion that in MLMs, the people at the very top, the people that recruit well, they are the only ones that really do very well. They are the ones that actually have enough money that they could live off of it and it could be their, their sole income. So the early adopters, the early recruits, the people that are in the MLM early on, they are often the ones that do quite well because they have the ability to recruit a big army of distributors underneath them who then become their recurring revenue streams. And then what happens is the new recruits, by the time word reaches them and it's really spread and it's really well known, the new recruits at the bottom realize, man, I'm never going to make any money if I just stay here. I can make a little bit of money and kind of, you know, do okay, but it's certainly not going to be even close to necessarily a part-time income in a lot of cases. So what they realize is they are going to have to recruit too. If they're going to be able to reach that level that other people are at and actually make you know, some, some significant amount of money, they're going to have to recruit as well. And this is also the reason why a lot of recruits don't make it in the MLM world, because they have in their mind a certain expectation of what it's going to be, and then that inevitably turns out to not be true, and then they have a choice to make. Am I going to recruit, or am I going to get out? And a lot of people either are not good at recruiting, or they don't have anybody left to recruit. Um... They try to be successful selling the products, but there's a lot of competition because they already know 10 other people that are reps for the same MLM, and they only know so many you know, friends, family, acquaintances to sell to. Their natural market is really limited. And then because the MLM model is built on recruitment, the market quickly becomes oversaturated. So if they want to go the recruitment route, well, that's really difficult too because by the time they're trying to recruit, just about everybody that they know has already been approached. And they've already either joined the MLM and the, or they've said no. So that route is not even all that feasible for them uh, as well. So you see how ironic this cycle is? You get into an MLM, you think it's going to be one thing. You quickly realize, okay, if I just sell products, I'm going to be just sort of stuck in this very limited role. So if I want to really succeed, if I want to really do well, i got to recruit. 
So in other words, I've got to go find more people. I've got to find dozens, if not hundreds of people and put them in the position that I am now, which is I'm not happy and I'm not comfortable and I don't like where I'm at. So in order for me to get to a better place, I need to put lots, lots more people in the position that I am in now. And you may say, well, Nate, yeah, but then those people can then do the same thing because they can go recruit. Well, the problem with that is that only goes so far. There's only so many people that can be in an MLM. And because of the incentive structure, because of the business structure, it's always going to be the case that the vast majority of people are going to be at those lower rungs, those lower tiers, and are going to be struggling for upward uh, upward mobility. That's just the way it's going to be. Which leads me to my third concern with the MLM structure, and that's this. The MLM structure encourages you to commoditize relationships. It encourages you to commoditize relationships. This is probably the toughest one to navigate. So I'll try to be very careful and try to be very respectful, but it's a big concern of mine. It's something that I've seen played out multiple times. When you join an MLM, you don't have a storefront. You don't have warm leads provided to you. It's not like, oh, hey, here's 10 people that you can call that uh, you know filled out a form on the website. They're interested in the product. No, you, you have to source all of your own leads, source all of your own business. Well, for most people, that means that they have to sell to their natural market. Who can they sell to? Well, the people that they know, their family and their friends or their coworkers. In fact, many MLM recruits are told to do exactly that. Hey, hey go talk to the people that you know and try to get them on board to to either try to get them to buy the product or even better yet to join the MLM themselves and and be part of your downline. And a lot of times people are are so enthusiastic about getting into an MLM. They have this, this vision of, of what it's going to be and how it's going to transform their lives and how, how it's, it's going to be so, so helpful for them. And they're encouraged and, 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 and they're, so they're encouraged to approach family, friends, uh, coworkers, these types of things. But they're, it's, it's supposed to be framed in a very positive way. They don't really usually feel bad about approaching family and friends to, to purchase their product or to join the MLM because it's framed as an amazing opportunity. Hey, this is awesome. I'm part of this great thing. I want you to be part of it too. I mean, this is something that's so good, I can't keep it to myself. That would be selfish of me. I need to tell you about this product because it changed this person's life or because you know, it can, it can change your family's finances. It can do all, you know, it can do this and do that. So you actually feel good trying to recruit, trying to sell because you feel like I'm doing people a favor. But what people often don't realize is that when you approach a a family member, when you approach a friend to support your business or to become part of your downline, you are putting them in an awkward position most times because they love you and they care about you. So, of course, they want to help you if they can. They're for you. They're pro you. But maybe they're not really all that convinced of the product or the company. Maybe they will buy. Maybe they will join because they believe in you. Not necessarily the product or or the company, whether it's clothes or a purse or supplements or nutrition or whatever the, the product happens to be. So the, the, the rationale in their mind is, well, I was going to get these things. I'll buy it from my friend. I'll buy it from my family member. I'll support them in the process, and that'll be good. Well, here's a question that you have to consider. Okay, Why don't multi-level marketing companies just sell their products like other companies? Why don't they just take their stuff and sell it at Walmart or CVS or Macy's or Target? Why don't they just put it on the shelves 
wouldn't that be a lot better? Because by doing the, the, the distribution method, by doing the MLM method, you're creating a huge amount of overhead, right? There's a, a, a tremendous inflated cost because not only are you cutting in one middleman, you're cutting in, in a lot of cases, uh, several middlemen. Uh, everybody's getting their cut from this distribution. Each sale is going all the way up the upline and all these people are getting cut in. Wouldn't it be more cost effective? Wouldn't it be more efficient to just put your products on the market directly instead of having to rely on this huge distribution network? Now, a lot of multi-level marketing companies will say, well, the reason we don't do that is because we want to give our distributors an opportunity to be part of this family. This is this is a movement. This is a, a culture. You know, This is something we're in together. Or they'll say, all the retail stores, they, they don't want to carry our product. Uh, it threatens them. They'll give some reason, some excuse. But what we have to understand is this is purposeful on their part. The MLM companies know they have that option, but they have strategically decided to go with the MLM distribution model because it gives them a competitive advantage. What is that competitive advantage? They don't want to put their products on the shelf side by side with their competitors. Because if they thought that that was the way to make the most money, they would do that. Instead, uh, most MLM products are significantly more expensive than comparable products. And if you're in the MLM world, if you've bought stuff from the MLM world, you know what I'm saying is true. Uh, very often you can find examples of uh, cosmetics, nutritional uh, supplements, these types of things that are much more expensive than, than a similar thing that you would get um, you know, at, at the store. Why is this? Well, first of all, they have a lot more overhead because they have a lot with the distribution method, so, so there's, there's that. But what they've understood is that their product sales are better when they use network marketing because they realize that people are willing to ignore the higher prices because of the human connection they have to the person selling. So yeah, I could probably get the same lipstick for half the price. Yeah, I could get the same vitamins or whatever. I, I, you know, I could probably get them for a third of the cost over here, but I'll buy it from this person because I know them and I want to support them. And I, I think that what they're doing is great. And you have to understand is the MLMs are using that to their advantage. They understand that they can, that, that they, given the option, they'd rather use the distribution method because they, they don't think their products would do as well just in an open market side by side with their competitors. Now back to the, my, my point here. Here's what I mean when I say that it commoditizes relationships. MLMs, because of the incentive structure to, to recruit, it will encourage people to view their family, their friends, their acquaintances, people they meet at the grocery store, at the gas station, basically anybody they come in contact with as potential revenue sources. Because the culture of the MLM so often is rah, 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 recruit, 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 tell everybody you know, then each person you, you know in your life is now a potential recruit or at minimum a potential customer. And if you're not careful, by being saturated in that world and that mindset, you begin to see people through the lens of how they can help you and how they, begin, how they can become a revenue source for you. And here's what you're going to find. When people start to perceive that that's what you're doing, 
it's going to lead many of them to hold you back at arm's length. If people feel like you're leveraging your relationship with them to get something from them, it's very damaging and it's very hard to recover. And unfortunately, many, many friendships, family relationships have been harmed. Um, some have been been separated. Some have been completely te- uh, uh, completely separated. Uh, some have just been damaged. Some have been kind of cooled down because again not everybody is is selfish not everybody is motivated by greed but because of the incentive structure when people feel like oh you're just trying to get me to be in your downline you're just trying to get me to to buy your your product it's hard for people to see you in a different light and that's what i mean about commoditizing relationships so some closing thoughts maybe you've listened to this episode and you're in an MLM, and you made it to this point, so thank you for listening to the episode. And you would say, Nate, I hear your concerns. But none of those are me. I, I'm not any of those things that you just listed. I'm not pushy. I don't spam people. I don't try to guilt family or friends into joining. And I would say to you, great. I'm, I'm really glad to hear that. I genuinely am. I, I know you are out there. I know there are people in MLMs that are, are not the stereotype you know, um, pushy, uh, guilt tripping, you know, trying to get people to, to join their MLM or buy their products. And, and I'm thankful you don't do those things. But I, I hope that we can agree that the concerns that I listed in this episode are valid concerns and are true a lot of the time. And it's for these reasons that I would not recommend joining an MLM. I'm not saying that Joining an MLM means that you're going to be those things or that it's inevitable. I, I understand that you can be in an MLM and not do those things and, and do it in a respectful way and, and, and not presume on, on relationships. I get all of that. But there's a huge temptation to, and, uh, and, and, and for the reasons that I listed, I, I would not feel comfortable. I would not feel right recommending somebody join an MLM. Now, maybe you're thinking, yes, Nate. I know that some MLMs are bad actors, and I can tell you about the ones that were, you know, they, they really pushed the envelope, they really had very sketchy sales tactics, but ours is great. We're different. We're whatever. Can I say very humbly and very respectfully, it's really not. Yet maybe you don't sell the same product as other MLMs. Maybe you don't use the same... Uh, sketchy sales techniques but it's really not so much about that as long as it's the same business structure then these incentives will remain and these weaknesses and 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 shortcomings will be there the problems that i've listed will still be there as long as that's the business structure now maybe through all that you're thinking okay Nate, why, why are we spending so much time criticizing something that's been helpful for so many? Like, can't we just leave people in MLMs alone? Like, it's not for everybody. And I've helped bring in extra income for my family. I know many people personally that have been greatly helped by joining an MLM. And so you feel like, man, why all the negativity? Why can't, why can't you just leave it alone? And here's my response to that. Partly I do. I, I, I kind of do want to leave it alone because it's, it's a touchy subject and it's, it's a charged subject. But I feel a need to, to address it especially if you're listening to this episode and you are considering or in the future would consider joining an MLM. This is really for you. It's mostly who I'm speaking to. 
Yes, some people have done very well in MLMs. They have replaced their previous incomes. They have a lot more freedom now. They can stay home with their kids and spend more time with their family and all of that good stuff. And, and I'm genuinely happy for those success stories. But for every one success story, there are dozens. There are dozens of examples of people who joined and have made no money. And many of those people have not only made no money, they have lost money. And I'm telling you, this is the rule, not the exception. When the failure rate in MLMs is well over 90%, and yes, it really is that high. I mean, it is an extraordinary failure rate of people who get in who either lose money or make no money. And even people who make a little bit of money, it, the picture is even worse because they think they're making a little bit of money, but when they actually go back and do the math and they look at all the costs from their starter kits to their membership fees to the parties that they host and the marketing and advertising, when they really, and even just their time that they spent on it, what they're going to find is they made hardly money, hardly any money, if, if not at all. And when you look at it on, the, on an hourly basis, it's really, really abysmal. That makes me much more concerned with them. I'm much more concerned about the 90 plus percent of people who have been burned and have have jumped into something thinking it was going to be one thing and it's not. Now, I get that some people just they have a lack of motivation or they're lazy and it's their own fault that they didn't do well. But come on, if over 90 percent of people are dropping out, there's a problem with the structure. It's not just all those people. So I love entrepreneurship. I love the idea of being your own boss. I love the idea of controlling your own schedule. By the way, that's what I'm doing. That's I, I own my own business. I, I am my own boss. I do control my own schedule. What I'm saying is if, that's, if that appeals to you and that's what you want, then there's a lot of better ways to do it than by joining an MLM. So I would like to hear your thoughts on this episode. Okay. If you agreed with me, great. And if not, let me know what you think I missed. Let me know what, where you think I went wrong. If, if, if this is something that you've, you've got more questions about, you want to talk through, maybe you do have an entrepreneurial spirit. Maybe you're trying to kind of branch out on your own. You want to be your own boss. You want to take control of your schedule. And you're just trying to think, how, how do I do that? What's the best way to go about that? Uh, we, we can talk about that as well. Send me an email, info at nateskelly.com. That's the best way to get a hold of me. Or you can send me a message on Facebook as well. Well, thanks again for listening. And I'll look forward to seeing you on the next episode.